0: the creative south podcast i'm your host jason Frostholm. my guest this week is alicia Colón. alicia is a commercial lifestyle product photographer based out of savannah georgia working for focus lab we talk about studying graphic design in college and transitioning from designer to wedding photographer to a project manager and then finally into her current career we also discuss how working with Stoxy united taught her how to better craft a story and when you get done listening to alicia here go listen to her podcast manual focus where she does short segments about the business of photography all right after this. We're taking the creative South podcast on the road this summer in July. We'll be heading to Chicago to attend podcast movement a conference dedicated to podcasting. And then in August, the podcast is heading to WMC fest in Cleveland, Ohio to record a live episode and check out what Cleveland has to offer with some of our creative South family. Here's the thing. All of this can get a bit pricey. So we're looking for sponsors. If you want to sponsor the Creative South podcast to help us keep the lights on and to keep us from ODing on Top Ramen, shoot us an email at Jason at Creative or hit us up on Twitter at Creative S.O. Pod. Thank you for uh, joining us today, Alicia.
1: Oh, dude, I'm so I'm so honored to have the opportunity to be among the podcast people and spend hey. time with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we're uh, we're honored to have you, and thank you for making the time. Um, so, I'm just gonna start off real quick. Uh, where, so, where would you grow up?
1: So I grew up in a podunk country town called Effingham, Georgia. That's actually really close to Falkville. And I'm not kidding whatsoever.
0: I actually know where those are.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> I went, I went
0: to, I graduated high school in Augusta. So.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So pretty close. So we, yeah. um, so yeah, though it's obscure, we do. I live close to Savannah. So pretty much mm-hmm. I grew up where I live. Okay. Currently. Yep.
0: Yeah. So when you were growing up, were you kind of artsy kid or were you more of a play sports, get out there, do that sort of thing or, um, or girly girl or? Uh,
1: yeah, no, never was the girly girl type for sure. Um, So no, whenever like as a kid, I, I would say that I was artistic. Um, I remember drawing the Lion King poster. So like I grew up in the great era where Disney released so many great uh, movies back, you know, (laughs) back after back. So, I -hmm. mean, I had Aladdin and Lion King and Pocahontas. I mean, it was like to me like the prime time. So I remember um, actually recreating and drawing uh, the movie posters. So, but I never took art in class. Like I never took art in high school, Um, but my dad did have a vinyl sign shop. So like, Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in middle school, I remember cleaning up, you know, logos and signs and help place type and, and then apply them to windows or like magnetic signs. Um, sure. so anyway, so that's, so that was kind of what I did. But then on, on top of that, I always played soccer, uh, and was always in the band, played flute. So
0: uh-huh. the band geek, yeah I, yeah. I, um, I will admit this, um, somewhat shamefully here i was kicked out of band in 8th grade because what? i was so, because i was so bad oh. and, and what makes that worse is my next door neighbors were the band teachers
1: jason so
0: <laughs> i mean I, it's not like i was kicked out i was just told that maybe i should pursue other things
1: oh wow <laughs> yeah 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 ironically my band teacher actually told me that about soccer because i dislocated my hip and he said you know alicia some people just aren't meant to be athletes I think, and I think that maybe that was a selfish plea on his part to to get me to actually practice the solo he gave me. Um, uh, probably. <laughs> so.
0: Probably, so you know, all throughout high school, you're not really not that you're not arty, but you're not taking art classes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm. You went to college, right? Yeah. Because I, I know you uh, got into graphic design. Is that where you kind of got into graphic design?
1: Yeah. So I, um, oh goodness. I tried so many different avenues. Um, you know, changed my major 50 different times and (laughs) I really wanted to be a physical therapist at one Uh point. And so, uh, someone gave me the brilliant suggestion to volunteer and, mm-hmm. and said hospital to see if this is something that I would like to do. And I, and I hated it. I remember the first day I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so not doing this. So it was back to the drawing board. And, um, and I remembered, I hearkened back those memories of what I was doing in middle school with my dad and I really liked it. So mm-hmm. uh, I was like, you know what, maybe graphic design is the way to go. So, um, I did graduate, uh, with a BFA in graphic design and, um, it's It's been really fun. I also have another major uh, in philosophy, religious studies, focusing on Eastern religions. So that's kind of, you know, an oddball out there. Um, but
0: so yeah. Eastern religions would be what? Uh, Hinduism, Taoism, Hindu- Shintoism, yeah. all that stuff?
1: Yep, yep. Exactly. I paid
0: attention in history class.
1: Oh, yeah. I I don't remember hardly any of it. Like I I used to be able to uh, go into like various, you know, Eastern religion, like Chinese restaurants specifically and be able to Mm -hmm. say, oh, this is this Buddha. And this is like this is Maitreya. And this is all these different Buddhas. And I'm like, no, now I'm just they're Buddha. Like, I don't I don't know which one they are now.
0: I'm lucky to be able to tell the difference between a Buddha statue and a Confucius statue. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Buddha fat guy Confucius beard.
1: Yeah, yeah. So,
0: So, you know, you you study graphic design in college. Did you do any photography at all in college or?
1: Uh, A little bit, but nothing, nothing even remotely to be proud of.
0: (laughs) I believe me. I know that feeling. And unfortunately, my uh, photography skills have stayed at about that level.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: But I have signed up for your your thing at Creative South. So uh, hopefully that will improve it slightly.
1: Oh, I'm really excited about it. I'm so yes, I have one person at least that is going to be in there. I'm like so stoked, Jason.
0: You got another one as soon as uh we get a uh, payment from a client. I know my wife will be signing up for it as well.
1: Oh, so. that's rad. Oh, I'm so excited to meet your better half. Yeah. So, that's cool.
0: We are we're very excited about that. Um, so you get out of school, what do you start doing then?
1: Oh, so I ended up getting a position in a nonprofit organization to be their graphic designer. So that's what I did for three years. And it Mm -hmm. was a very large organization with many departments Mm -hmm. um, that. So it was a huge educational thing where I had to go in there and say, all right, guys, you can't just find things off of Google and use it. Um, (laughs) You know, there's. There's there's I
0: struggle with with that on a daily basis of having (laughs) to explain that.
1: Mm -hmm. And I mean, these departments are going a mile in a minute. And then all of a sudden they get this like twerp that comes in that thinks Mm -hmm. they know that, you know, I think I knew everything at that point. And um, and it's oh, we just there's so much clashing that happened. Um, But at the same time, I had to understand that, like, they're really busy. They've been doing this a lot longer than, I you know, Mm -hmm. me coming in. So I pretty much had to be there for a while to gain that influence to start shaping things. Sure. Um, but it's in this organization that eventually they bought a camera and I remember taking the camera home wondering whether or not that was ethically okay or not. Cause I didn't tell anybody. I was like, <laughs> eh, i want to go, you know, practice this at home. Mm-hmm. So I went and, uh, I really, I really loved it. And it started like pretty much, cause what happened was whenever I was creating these, um, You know, campaigns like I would need images and I ended up creating the images that I needed because it was Mm -hmm. quicker than like scouring, you know, iStock and any other micro stock photography sites that were out there.
0: The horrors of stock photography. Uh,
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, hey, some of it's not too bad. Uh, No, no, I'm I'm not (laughs) saying
0: that stock photography is bad. It's searching through all of the bad stock photography to get to to get to the good stock photography. There is some wonderful stock photography out there. Thank you. But Thank you, you have to search through the creepy guy who thinks it's a good idea to put, you know, if you're looking for golf photos, to put a bunch of girls with big boobs and bikinis <laughs> playing golf. And yeah. that's going to be somehow appropriate.
1: Oh, and I bet you that guy sold like a million of them, oh, unfortunately, wow, yeah. for yeah. sure. Because obviously, I mean, why else? I mean, anyway, anyway, that's that's a deep dark hole. I'm not going to go in there. So, um, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, it got to the point where um I just realized that making these images was way more fun than doing the design and that with design, which is really interesting, I always had this level of anxiety. Every single time I had a new campaign that passed across my desk, I had Mm -hmm. that blank artboard staring at me and I had like endless possibilities. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I could, I could literally go in any direction. And uh, with photography, it's like you literally start like you take a picture and then you can mm. just continue to mold that picture with light and, um, composition, you know, and post-processing like you can just build on it. So it was more intuitive for me, I guess. Um, sure. So anyway, I, you asked one question and I totally probably answered like your 10 follow up <laughs> ones. I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, I can expand. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm am a good bullshitter. Um, <laughs> So, you know, going back to that, you know, you said that with the design stuff, you'd stare at the art. But do you think that came from being in that nonprofit s- situation where it's there's so much design by committee that goes on with that sort of thing? And it's, you know, it it can be overwhelming where it just causes this sort of stagnation of, you know, I don't know where to start because I know I'm going to get told 15 different things by mm-hmm. 15 different people. Do you yeah. think that had anything to do with it?
1: You know what? Um I don't necessarily know if that – because with our departments, our, our departments were pretty small. We had, mm. we had a lot of them, but the departments generally were comprised of like three people and I, and I would always have the main stakeholder in like those meetings. So for me, it was more of a you have to churn this in a week. It has to go from no idea to polished in a week. And you have to do that every single week. And it's not just one project, obviously, that's on your plate. It's multiple. So never fully getting to the point with any of them of, wow, this is amazing. Because uh, better was the enemy of done. And that that (laughs) broke my heart. I know that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Better was the enemy of done. And because of that, I never felt fully satisfied in what I was doing. Sure.
0: So, you know, you end up leaving this nonprofit. Where do you go then? And what what are you doing then?
1: Mm, So uh, my husband got a job in Miami, Florida. And I tried to look for a graphic design job in Miami, but unfortunately, despite that my name is Cologne and I'm married to Puerto Rican, I do not Uh speak Spanish. Um, So because I'm not bilingual, it's actually quite difficult for me to find a job in Miami. Um, Gotcha. So what I decided to do is to pretty much go headfirst into this love of photography Mm -hmm. and Use the downtime because obviously, if I'm going into a new market, people don't know me, and so sure. I have to like build up my name and whatever. So, use the downtime to learn uh, things like off camera flash, um, like lighting specifically. Mm-hmm. And of course, living in Miami, I think really influenced the way that like I just really like light. So, if like if I ever do anything personally for myself, I definitely see Miami's influence with the dark contrast and the lights and the saturation of color. I I really see that influence in my personal work. Um, but anyway, so I used the downtime to learn lighting. And then from there did personal projects, um, created enough of an audience to actually where I could I don't know if I was ever able to do like full time down there. Meaning like I was like, if my husband, something happened to him, God forbid, if I had to like, you know, pay for my family off of my photography while I was down there, like, would that happen? Like, no, there's no way that I could have done that. Gotcha. Um, But it definitely was a form of part of my career.
0: Gotcha. So you're living there, you're doing, you know, mostly stuff for yourself and trying to build up a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. How does that morph into a career?
1: Mm, okay. So uh so it's really easy for photographers to jump into private commissions. So that's mm-hmm. what I end up doing in Miami is that through some connections I start doing family and newborns and weddings and all that good stuff. And um and I start getting I start I was published in like bridal magazine and you know countless like web internet exclusive Mm -hmm. publications, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so what ended up happening was my husband got a job in Savannah again. So it was like, yay. Okay. We have two kids, Miami. It's really hard to find like babysitters. Um, so it's like, let's move back closer to home where we have Mm -hmm. our parents. So we moved back here and, um, I literally, my husband came to me one day and he said, I'm starting to hate your job. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And he said, like, you work nights and weekends. Like, whenever people get married, it's obviously not going to be a Monday and Friday through nine to five. Like, it, it's going to be a Saturday night. And a wedding, generally speaking, is like eight to ten, like eight to ten hour shifts for me. Sure. Yeah. You know, and if I wanted to bring in a sizable amount, I obviously needed to do a sizable amount of weddings.
0: Right. Um,
1: So he.
0: so you've tied up every weekend essentially pretty
1: much. Yeah. And then, and then the evenings is whenever I would have client meetings to try to book future weddings. Right. Um, and, and he's like, this is colliding with our personal life. Like this is just not going to happen. And so I remember just grieving it. Like I literally was mourning. Like I love this. How can I still do photography? Um, but it not upset the climate of my household. Um, and I literally, I gave it up. I really did. I, I went to, um, I started being a project manager for a firm uh, Mm -hmm. called Brazen. Uh, she and I went to Ashley Jankowski's who owns it. And she and I went to graphic to school together, uh, Georgia, uh, no Georgia state. Um, and I was like, Hey, Ashley, I need a job.
0: (laughs) Did you just have to remember where you went to college?
1: I did. I did. Georgia, State. (laughs) Georgia State, Georgia Georgia State, Atlanta,
0: Georgia (laughs) Southern, Statesboro, Statesboro.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I have a shoot this weekend at Georgia Southern. So that's why I'm like, like getting kind of crazy. I'm actually going Uh, there tomorrow. So that's why. Okay.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And they're both GSU. So
0: forgive
1: me. Um, which is crazy. Um, so anyway, and there's such a rivalry over that, like who is the real true GSU anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um, so anyway, I went to Ashley and I said, Hey, Ashley, can I be a project? Like, can I, can I do this for you? And as I told her, I was like, I don't want to design again. Um, I'm, I, that boat has float. Like I'm, I'm gone. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, however, she did, she did a lot of design for photographers. Um, and mm-hmm. on top of that, I was always like meticulously organized. And so she's like, you would actually be a really great middle person that you can talk to our clients, understand what they want, but we would design it and then you would manage it. And you know, you also know the photography thing, like it just works out really well. Gotcha. Uh, so I, so I did that for a year and, uh, wanted something a little bit closer to home because I was, um, telecommuting, you know, mm-hmm. to Atlanta. And I was like, you know, what, I want something where I can actually go into the office and like hang out with people. And so that's enter Eric. That's, Regan. That's and, a
0: nice thing to have.
1: Yep. Yep. So enter Eric Regan and focus lab. And Eric Cregan is one of the people that, um, that co-founded people. There's two of them. So there's Bill Mm -hmm. Kenny and then there's Eric Cregan and they're the ones who, uh, founded Focus Lab and me and Eric actually worked together at this nonprofit organization. I was the designer and he was the developer. Okay. Uh, Yep. And so I was, so I pretty much went to him going like, Hey, I was, I've been a project manager over here. I don't know if you guys need it. I, I didn't really even know anything about focus lab whatsoever. I just knew that, um, that they were a design agency that was in Savannah. Sure. And, um, so I was like, okay. And he's like, I hope you're not kidding because we really would be interested in having you. Um, so I literally, so I went from private commission photography to Mm -hmm. stopping that being a project manager, Uh uh, getting onto focus lab and then Eric going and Bill going like, Hey, we know you have this photography chops. We need our stuff to be like photographed from time to time. And that pretty much has just escalated to where I have, uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago, I traded the photography hat for photography. Um, no, project management for photography. Um, uh, yep. Thank you. <laughs> and I've been doing that ever since. And it has been amazing.
0: Gotcha. Now, Long when you say they needed their stuff, I'm assuming you mean like the jobs they were working on needed a photographer, not like you were taking portfolio photos for them and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much <coughs> like Excuse they me. would, they would need. So yeah, they would need like case study photos for their website. Okay. Um, they would need uh like so, every once in a while like dribble photos because uh, mm-hmm. we know Bill is. <laughs> Bill is really well known on Dribbble. Um uh-huh. so he would he would pretty much ask me to like to take some photos and so he could dribble them. Um so it it was really small at first, you know. And whenever I did the transition from project manager to photography, mm. I literally only worked 5 hours a week for them. Oh wow. Yeah. So I mean that w- I went from like, you know, 40 hours a week and we were yeah 40 hours a week salary to Mm -hmm. five hours a week uber part-time
0: yeah that's that's beyond uber (laughs) part-time yeah that's uh that's enough to buy you a cup of coffee once a week maybe
1: yeah 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 i'm (coughs) I'm still not to full-time with them um there's just not that much of a need but we do have clients now that are asking for photography um you know, that have it in their packages. We are doing photography styles for branding now. Um, so it's one of those things where I started with Focus Lab four years ago, uh, mm-hmm. February, and Bill, from the very get-go, Bill said, I, I can see a photography studio within Focus Lab. Like, I can see that we would have that department. You know, we mm-hmm. have a branding department. We have a UI department. He's like, I can totally see that we would have a photography department. Um, so it's really cool four years later to kind of see the beginning of that now. You know, I, I really see that. So it's that's
0: cool. that's starting to pull it together and all that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Cool. So you, you're you talking about this, but you, you, you made a in Miami and all that you're doing wedding photography and all that. And now you're moving into more of a product photography and things like that. How did that. How did you deal with that transition? Because those are kind of two different animals.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually really interesting. So the reason why I liked weddings so much is because everything was really pretty and styled Mm -hmm. for you. And um, when I was doing weddings, I would always have a second photographer. And the second photographer would be the one that would capture the details. Because whenever you're seeking to get published, uh, magazines and editorials, they're only interested really in the detail shots of the Mm -hmm. weddings. Um, and so I would, I would be so sad that I would not be the one to capture those details because that was my favorite part of every single wedding. It wasn't any, anything else. It it was, you know, getting the wedding dress, arranging it as a product shoot pretty much. Um, and all the details as products. But because of, you know, you know, relationships and keeping the client happy and whatever, like I would always have to be with the bride and the groom. Um, So whenever I jumped over ship to do product photography, it it really brought that love of styling and putting things together and arranging things just so. Um, But now recently, I would have to say that I've started because so now the progression now is that I'm with Stocksy United which is Mm -hmm. an amazing stock photography, you know, going back to the earlier jabs to (laughs) iStock. And the thing that I've learned through them is story. Because, I mean, oftentimes whenever I'm creating something for dribble, for, you know, a shot for like Focus Lab and whatever, I mean, it's really about aesthetic, you know, but Stocksy, even though there's sometimes they care about aesthetic, like right now they really care about story. So now I'm looking at like, now I'm looking at product from not only from an aesthetic, like how can I arrange this and make this composition look beautiful and the light be beautiful? Well, right. How can I modify the light to add a story to it? Or how can I modify the props or how can I arrange them or how can I, whatever to infuse a deep, deeper meaning in there. So anyway, sure, complete so, so
0: when you're doing that with, you know, stock are are they giving you a story or are you coming up with this story completely on your own and just, you kind of walk us through that cuz i mean i'll be honest i am not familiar with how stock photography like works as far as getting people to submit photos and what they're looking for and things like that
1: yeah yeah so stock stocksy is actually really interesting um versus i stock so mm-hmm. i have been approved to be an iStock stock photographer um however i'm not i don't have any images over there um cuz <laughs> So, but Stocksy is completely different. So iStock, they will generally take any photographer that want, wants to go. Like you you read a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you read a whole bunch of stuff. You take the test, the quiz, quote unquote, to make sure that you understand all the, like, the legality things about it, meaning you can't have like a Hudacious logo. You have to like, you know, Photoshop that out and stuff like right. that. Um, and then depending upon a uh, image review, then your image will get approved and then it'll go up. Stocksy, on the other hand, is a collaborative, meaning they only are allowed to have a certain amount of photographers
0: mm-hmm.
1: per bylaw. So they were, you know, iStock, it's indefinite. Stocksy, they only have a thousand. Okay. Um, global. So it's huge. So, and on top of that, they interview everybody. So just becoming a stock photographer on Stocksy is like, an ordeal. So you submit your portfolio, then you go through like a one-on-one interview and then they give you a, um, 60 day probation. (laughs) It's crazy. How does that,
0: I mean, so basically you've got 60 days, you've got to prove that you're worth being on there.
1: Yeah. So you have to upload 50 image, you have to upload and have approved 50 images within those 60 days. Gotcha. And, um, so that was grueling for me. I was like, Oh gosh. Okay. So, um, that's a lot. Yeah, it really is. And so, and it's really funny. I, I did a blog post about it uh, about like how many images I, um, submitted and how many were declined and how many were accepted. And, um, I had way more decline than accepted. Um, so, I mean, each time I was just like, Oh, they're really going to like wonder if they hired the right person or like, you know, commissioned the right person, whatever. Anyway. Um, so what was I, I, w- I would
0: think that would be pretty normal though. Cause I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at it like in major league baseball terms, like even the best hitter out there, he's only hitting, you know, getting on base a third of the time.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also a lot that like we just don't know a lot of like legal things. Like, so, oh, yeah. so what, so what happens is, so they give us creative briefs. So Mm. whenever like a major holiday comes around, they'll be like, all right, guys, it's Thanksgiving. Like these generally are the images that sell a lot. And these are the images that we need. Um, you can shoot those if you want to, um, or you can just shoot whatever, whatever you want. And so generally speaking, I don't, shoot with the creative brief tells me, like I just shoot whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I shoot, whatever I want, what you do then is that you, of course you have to keyword it and you have to do all the, you know, technical stuff behind it. Um, but you submit the it, not, the
0: not fun side of things.
1: Yeah. Then not yet, yeah, exactly. All the meta stuff. And, um, and then you submit it and you wait pretty much a week to two to let, to see whether or not it was approved. If it's approved, it's just approved. You like, you know, it just goes up. Uh, But if it's not approved, they will either do one of two things. They'll just straight out decline it. And so you can't even like resubmit it or they will tell you, hey, we need you to fix this, that, and the other um, and then resubmit it.
0: And then Hey, in the corner of that picture, I can see part of the McDonald's logo. Take that out.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Or it's like, hey, when I, when I lifted the shadows, I saw a silhouette of a person. You need to make sure that that's completely gone. Like they go in and like mess around with your curves. They, you know, just to make sure that like it is a clean image. Um, which so they, they tear
0: it apart like a designer is going to tear it apart, put uh-huh. it into something yeah. to make sure that it works for them.
1: And I've never been in a photography community that has done that. I've never been in – and on top of that, like contextualizing things, Mm -hmm. meaning um, I would create – again, as a designer sometimes, like we create art for art's sake. And so I would create photos that are just like aesthetically pleasing. Like they Mm -hmm. might not make a look of sense, but like – they just look beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like I show all my designer friends, and then also on my Instagram, mostly our designers that follow me, and it, it it's rave reviews. But then I submit it to them, and they're like, "This doesn't make a lick of sense," because they're looking at it from a story perspective, and that's why I'm saying that now story is really infused in my product photography because right. of um, the experience that I'm again de- getting now through. St- stocky. Well,
0: that's an interesting way to approach things because I I I mean I would imagine a lot of times you're not especially with product photography stuff you're not necessarily trying to tell a story when you're thinking about taking a picture of it you're you know trying to make sure it looks good everything's caught from the right angles you don't get some weird flash reflection
1: mm-hmm. that sort
0: of thing you're trying you're focusing in, on the aesthetics you're you're not focusing on you know, what does this say about the product? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so that's an interesting approach. And I'm assuming that, you know, is carrying over into, you know, the commission stuff that you do and the stuff that you do with focus lab too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a time and place, um, you know, you have to create like, this is exactly what this bottle looks like, you know, and you you can't really like make it into like this lifestyle product shoot, but that's what really makes me excited. Um, like, so right now one of the clients that we're working with focus lab, uh, they are a point of sale, uh, Mm -hmm. provider. And, uh, we pretty much have rented out a restaurant and two stores and like, I have to infuse a story in that, like I have to be able to tell my models what they, what they need to do and with their hands. But I, I have to strike a balance between story and then showing off the point of sell, you right. know, merchandise or like hardware. So it's really interesting. I really like it a lot. It's, it's so funny what I can be excited about.
0: <laughs> so when, so when you're doing, you know, going back to focus lab and doing these things, are, are you working directly with? the art director and crafting ideas with them and collaborating on it in that way, or are they kind of telling you what they want and you're going out and creating it from that point of view?
1: Oh no, there's definitely a collaboration going on. Um, there's yeah, there's definitely a collaboration going on. So whenever we do, Uh, anything, there's photography styles uh, that we run off of. And you can kind of think about this as like a mood board, but it goes a little bit deeper than that in that we consider what is the messaging, what is going to be the style of them. And when I say style of them, I mean, everything from, is the light going to be soft? Is the light going to be hard? Mm -hmm. Um, Is the are we going to do super like faded uh, or unsaturated in the post-processing? Or are we going to add a color to the blues? Or are we going to add a complete color wash? Like what are we going to do? Um, and then on top of that, we also have to worry about subjects. So what is the subject matter? I mean, is the background going to be cluttered or is it going to be clean? Um, is it going to be bright or is it going to be muted? And so all of this stuff is actually informed by the brand strategy that Summer, uh, our brand strategist creates. Um, in tandem with the brand designer. And then mm-hmm. I work in tandem with the brand designer to create the photography styles. So while I'm doing the photography styles, we lay the logo um, and all the brand assets like on top and the typography choices and whatever, just to make sure that all these things work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, that will inform the UI team whenever they are doing their wireframes and they're trying to find example photos. Um, to place in their heroes and whatnot like we're using that as a guideline
0: gotcha. a canon. Mm-hmm. so so when you're in this process are, are you ever shooting roughs for them where it's yes. just you know okay good <laughs> that's what I was wondering yeah so, I you mean, know and it, and how do you I mean how do you differentiate that you know as the perfectionist photographer part of your brain when you're going out and shooting roughs for them you know Between, you know, getting to that final stage.
1: Um... You, oh, gosh. That's – yeah, that's difficult. <laughs> that's difficult. Well, the, Does the, that you, mean not well? Yeah. Yeah. Not not well. Because, yeah, the other day they wanted me to take an iPhone photo and I ended up lighting it with like – it still was an iPhone photo, but I still had like all, all my lights on it and reflectors going and everything. And they're like, this was supposed to be easy for you. And I'm like, but I, I can't just take an iPhone photo. Like it has to be manicured. Um, anyway. Just point and
0: shoot. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm like no. Um, so yeah, so well I'm I'm lucky enough in that there's actually plenty of images that I can find off of stocky or, sure. or you know Getty or whatever that I can just download um practice comps, you know, with like the the watermark all over it uh-huh. and I can use that. So you still have to enough. slog
0: through bad stock photography.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's part of my job, but I you know what though? <laughs> There's still, there's still inspiration to be found in that.
0: Yes. Or what not to do. (laughs) Yeah. More often what not to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You got to look through 5,000 photos to get one good one. So. Yeah. 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 So, So, you know, I know that you've worked with, you know, a bunch of people who you've met through Creative South of just kind of showing them the ropes of how to improve their photography. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, this year you're going to be teaching a workshop on it. Is that something you really enjoy? Because I mean, from what I've seen and not really knowing you that well, you seem to kind of enjoy, you know, showing that off and, you know, helping people figure things out.
1: I do. I really love it. Like I, um, I think ever since I was young, I wanted to be a teacher of some sort. Um, So, and I'm, I'm in like in a church background. So I always Mm -hmm. wanted to be like a ministry leader of some sort or a pastor of some sort. So if I could be a pastor of photography, like this would be the most amazing thing in the world to me. Um, but yeah, like I, I love it. I, I've had plenty of like just one-on-one, um, Skype phone calls or just even just phone calls with people that I don't even know. And they're like, Hey, you know, I have this lighting question and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is great. Like, let's talk (laughs) about it. Um, I'm actually in February, which is, you know, next month, I'm starting a youth program where I'm for it's six next weeks. Week, Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so I'm freaking out a little bit because it's a six week class. Yeah. Right. Cause the launch of the podcast for you, it's so exciting. I know. Um, and such a great asset for creative South. Um, yeah, but I'm, well, I mean, you. I'm starting a youth program for, yeah, for you to learn photography. Um, so oh, it's just, cool. yeah, just giving out. I, I just feel like it's such a thing that I, I've, I'm passionate about mm-hmm. and it's, it's quite selfish to hoard that, you know, like I think a Spider-Man, <laughs> like given great power, it's a great responsibility, you know, it's yeah. like, I have this thing that like, I just love and I feel like I'm decent at and I just really want to be able to share and inspire and encourage people and, and, and show people that they can actually make a living out of their creativity. Like I live again back in podunk country where I pass, (laughs) you know, cow farms on the way to work to focus lab. And like, I want these people to understand, like, I want these kids, like, like don't think that just because you're creative, you can't make a living, you know, like you can. And uh, so anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, well, Kind of going back to that, you know. I I took a couple photography classes in college, and literally the year, so when I went to college, they, the, I don't know, a couple years previous to when I started, they had a photography major, Mm -hmm. and then I guess they didn't have enough people taking it or whatever, and they dropped the photography major, so they only had like two directed studies for photography classes, and then one independent study. So I took those, and the the teachers were horrible. I mean, they were very nice people. They just
1: yeah, yeah were not.
0: They were not good at teaching the technical side of it. Um, cause I'm, I mean, not that I think I'm a even good photography. I mean, I'm okay, but I'm because I I understand competition. Uh, competition. <laughs> <laughs> I understand composition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, f- coming from that design background, so I understand that. But for me, the technical side of it of you know has always been the challenge of how do I get the proper lighting what's the right lens you know what what aperture and yeah you know what what shutter speed and what what film stock do I need to shoot on which is you know dating myself here digital cameras when I was in college were not a thing yeah um so not that I'm that old but digital cameras are still relatively young yeah um
1: Film's coming back though, seriously. And do you such think a it is? Way. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, says the digital photographer who's never shot film in her life. Um, but I do hear that it's coming back. But seriously, no, really, it
0: is. Hmm, that's interesting. It is. I'm wondering if I still have my camera.
1: Yeah. I, I actually really want to shoot film like so bad. And I it's embarrassing. Like we were talking about the little known facts about uh, each other, like at Focus Lab. And uh-huh. they so people laugh at me that like, A, I've never shot film and B, my like iPhone pictures are horrible. Like just.
0: Horrible. Oh, my, my iPhone pictures are horrible too. Yeah. But yeah. it's a, I mean, it's a different animal. It's a different mechanism. You're not framing things the same. You're not Generally, when you're taking an iPhone picture, it's you're there in the spur of the moment. and You're trying to get a picture of your kids.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, just
0: doing something yeah. hilariously embarrassing that you're going to blackmail them with, you know, 20 years from now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I or think, at least that's me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No, for me, I am uh, not a natural light photographer. I'm not. I, I very much sculpt the light and I mod it. You know, I, I use tons of modifiers and all that stuff. And. It's really important for me to, like, sculpt my light. So with iPhones, like, you just generally can't do that, so.
0: No. Yeah, it's it's all natural light. Yeah. See, and, and I'm just, for sheer lack of understanding of setting up lighting and things like that, I, I tend to shoot more in natural light. hmm And, I mean, I'm, you know, for what I do, I'm not, honestly, when I, for work, when I have to take photos, I am... Generally, taking large group photos of people who mm-hmm. just won some award and they none of them want to be there, <laughs> or or individual photos of someone who has just won an award and they don't want to be there. <laughs> so, I mean, there's you know, and with engineering, there's not a whole lot of you know product photography that we're even allowed to do because yeah. I mean, th- for my company, we're you know, we do it's called uh, heavy industry engineering, so it's like you know. Your chevrons and oil refineries and stuff like that. Oh, wow. They're not going to let you get within 10,000 yards of their place with a camera because everything's so proprietary.
1: Oh, wow. So,
0: now that being said, I would love to get in some of those places because just looking, (laughs) just the aesthetic of all that piping and stuff like that is so just beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would imagine like the repetition and the textures and everything Mm -hmm. would be cool and the lighting on that stuff too. Oh, wow. That could, oh, yeah. That could look cool. Well,
0: and it's in like, you know, having seen some of them, there's like, especially in refineries, there are sections where those pipes are so immaculate all the time; they are shined and wow. just perfect. And then you get three inches over, and it just, you know, it, it's weathered texture, it's corroded, it looks like the side of a railway railway car. You know, that that patina of rust that just instantly forms over it, and that juxtaposition between stuff is really cool too.
1: That's really interesting.
0: Yeah. So. I, um, one of these days I'm going to find a way to break in and not get arrested. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh gosh. Or, or
0: at least just fantasize about it.
1: There you go. Yeah. That seems safer for you and your kids. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, don't want to go to jail. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think it's a very nice place.
1: So, <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> not worth it.
0: At least based on the field trips and Boy Scouts. <laughs> 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 so, um, so, you know, you, 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 you do the stuff with Stocksy United. You do the stuff with Focus Lab. Do you still? Are you still doing a lot of commission stuff for other projects outside of that?
1: I am. I am. Um, I am very picky about it, uh, just because my time is limited, and I am trying to sure. focus more on teaching as well. Um, but I do. I have um, a firm up in Atlanta again, Brazen, uh, mm-hmm. that I work with pretty much yearly. Like you know, at least once a year, we have a really big project. So our next one is coming up um, in May that we're going to be doing together. And then, um, and then I have a local one here now. So, I mean, and on top of that, I still do, uh, I still work with like Ian Bernard, who is a, yep. So he does, uh, Gosh, he does like design assets, but then also a lot of typography. People know more mm-hmm. for his typography, I think. But he creates products on Creative Market. And so mm-hmm. we partner together and make some um, here and there. We both are very busy, so they don't come out as quickly as we would like. But um, but I still get to work with him. And that's really fun because that's uh, it's a different side of photography. It's more of the exploration and creating um, an asset that designers can use and manipulate. Um So I like that because it's thinking about it differently.
0: So you're thinking when you do that stuff, you're thinking about it from a designer's perspective. Mm -hmm. So you get see your uh, education is paying off.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, it it was a crutch for a long time. Like whenever I didn't know lighting, I was like, oh, but I know composition, you know, exactly what you were saying. Um, And so because of that, I had, I still had like, you know, um, I don't know what that saying is like one leg in front of the other of other people i don't know hopefully you can cut that out because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever.
0: <laughs> oh no i'm leaving it in oh, i don't edit <laughs> that takes too much time
1: you get what you get people
0: <laughs> uh, well. uh one foot still in the uh game is i think what you were going for
1: yeah that sounds good we'll take it <laughs> okay
0: we're probably both wrong so
1: okay sounds good
0: there <laughs> we go, so you know what else do you have coming down the pipe?
1: Oh gosh, so I have this um I have this huge project that's uh international that I can't say anything about. it's unfortunately underneath the um n d a but is of a really well known creative that we all love, and uh it could it could end up in a recurring um gig with penguin books if that is the case um But anyway, that we can't really announce any of that until, you know, stuff is like signed off and blah, blah, blah. But, um, but that's like a huge one that's coming up. But other than that, it's going to just be more focused lab and more, you know, trying to get that photography department because I I really, I am such a people person that I Mm -hmm. have to work within a confines of, of an agency. Like it, like that team collaboration and that support and that encouragement, um, I just, and I and not it. talking
0: to yourself in the car all the time.
1: Oh, yes. You know, and, uh, for sure. Not that there's
0: not a time and place for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the shower, generally speaking. is like Yeah. When, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, like I if I was a freelancer or a free agent, I would probably kill myself just because I like with Focus Lab, I can say, OK, my shift is done. Yes, there's work to be done. Um, but I'm going to go into the office tomorrow and I'm going to continue that where mm-hmm. if I was a free agent, cause I know this, cause I've done this, you know, for years, uh, I, it, I would not turn it off. Like I, I just, I don't have enough self-discipline to create a mechanism that I would actually adhere to, to I turn that, off the I work.
0: Know, I know that feeling. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I will be one of those that I can't leave. Well, especially when you work from home, leaving it at home is, you know, just. Yeah you impossible for lack of a better phrase on that um yeah well cool well thank you for taking the time to talk to me and um let's uh let some people know where they can find you online
1: Oh, yeah. So you can find me online on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Uh, it's aliciacolon.com. And unfortunately, it's a really weird name because I'm a Polish girl and I married a Puerto Rican. So the Alicia has a J in it. So it's A-L-I-C-J-A and cologne is C-O-L-O-N.
0: Thank you very much. Um, and we like to end the podcast by saying go out and hug some necks.
1: Yeah, go and hug some necks. I like it.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank Um, you, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Me too. All right, I'm going to stop recording and turn the video back on. Thanks for tuning in this week. You can find out more about Alicia at AliciaCologne.com or follow her on Twitter at Cologne. And be sure to check out the show notes for more links. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter at Creative S.O. Pod and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GA, or over at CreativeSouthGA.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on, on Dribbble, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to engage with the podcast more, check out a new podcasting app called Remarks that allows you to add notes and comments about the episodes, get feedback from other listeners, and hear from me as well. You can find it over at Remarks.fm. And if you like the Stuff Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.